welcome to my channel. Welcome to Mystic Center. Thank you for tuning in all around the globe. Uh, we are waiting and ready for our Lord to come, and it seems he is revealing that to his chosen ones, uh, much like he might have revealed that to his disciples, and even they didn't understand. So we know in part, we prophesy in part, and uh, the last word I received from the Lord on April 22nd of 2023 was, tell my people it's almost over. And that just makes me so excited. Tell my people it's almost over. So if you've been following my blogs or my uh, podcast or my channels, you'll know that I think it's much later than people think. Uh, I believe we're already well into the tribulation. Uh, some of the insight I've received lately, um, I was thinking about the chambers. So let's go there because we're supposed to be hiding in the chambers. And what are those chambers? Um, so a chamber uh, can be used as a metaphorical place of prayer and communion with God. And in Isaiah 26, which I believe where we're at right now um, for us believers, is come my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide yourself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. So as um, the Lord is revealing the bloodshed on the earth and, you know, there's so many signs in the heavens and all these things are happening, I was, for me, I, you know, I actually physically moved to a place that was a more, you know, rural area, someplace that I felt was a little safer, but I was, I was also thinking of these chambers as really being a spiritual place because the chambers, he says that he lays chambers in the sky so the sky actually has a structure. There's like the intimate chambers of the, you know, the holy, when they had the priests, like he went, remember that verse about measuring the inner chambers or the inner sanctuary. So we're really called right now to be in that inner place with him, like that inner chamber or sanctuary with him. And it really is not probably a physical place at all. It's uh, even though we're closing the doors and putting the blood over us, um, it really is like we're in hiding with him. Like we are in those chambers with him. So I thought that was really cool to talk about. And one night, so I had a dream uh, on uh, May, let's see. I <clears throat> So I had another significant dream uh, recently, and in my dream, there was this guy named Steve, and he was wrecking my house. He was just wrecking everything. I couldn't get him to leave. Uh, everything was just disheveled. And what's interesting is it was, um, I looked up the name for the solar flares. So we know there's these things called the solar flares, which are like penetrating our earth now. Um, during so those five day period when I had the dream, uh, the solar flares uh, they are called Steve, S T E V E. So that is the um, abbreviation for this what these solar flares are representing. So my dream about Steve wrecking my house came on March twenty second, two thousand twenty three, and then this came on my feed with the Weather Channel. Uh, on March 23rd, 2023, which I thought was so interesting. It said, 
um, the solar, let's see. It talked about the solar storm slamming into the earth. So this was caused by a powerful solar storm slamming into the earth. It's known as Steve, S-T-E-V-E, -E, Strong Thermal Emission Velocity Enhancement. So Steve was wrecking my house. Steve is caused by hot ribbons of gas flowing through the atmosphere at 13,000 miles per hour. Those plasma jets create friction and cause molecules to glow like they do in auroras. So this was happening for about five days. And, um, you know, I heard about this stuff from like Paul Begley's from Mike from Without the World and everything. But literally those five days, it was just so, so much pressure in the air. Like, I don't know what it was. Uh, it was this though, because Steve was wrecking my house. <laughs> so anyway, um, I wanted to put that in and share that with you all. So I thought that was really interesting. And if you see on my uh, cover of my podcast and my video is the sun that I actually saw a few days ago where I live. So there was some very uh, strong fires in northern Canada and the smoke from those fires actually hit a wind stream and came down to where I was in the middle of America. And the air was so bad, we could barely breathe, and it was raining. So the whole day it was raining, and you could still barely breathe because of the smoke was so bad. And I took this picture, and it just reminded me of, you know, the verses about the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before that great and terrible day of the Lord. And so it gave me the chills, really, because I... You know, I'm just so excited about the Lord coming and I have going through so much all the time. And when I looked up, I was like, ah, oh, just remember that he's coming soon. And we think, of course, we're waiting for that sixth seal to break. And so I was looking up that sixth seal again in Revelation 6, 12 through 17. Beheld, uh, when he opened the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became as blood, and the stars of the heavens fell to the earth, and the fig tree cast her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. So um, I'm really interested to see what that might look like, the sackcloth of hair, like the sun being so dark, because that day it was so red. So anyway, um, those are some of the things I've been thinking about. Also, um, my sister was talking about how it's so hard for her to get out of bed. Like, um, she feels, uh, she's never actually drank anything in her whole life, any alcohol um, at all. And But she says she feels like when she wakes up, she almost feels like a drunken person that, that has a hangover. And so we were talking about the earth, uh, as it says in Isaiah, that the Isaiah 24 20 that the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it and it shall fall and not rise again so the earth uh, allegedly staggers like a drunken man like staggers to and fro 
And of course, we know that the axis of the Earth is um, shifting and it has increased since the 90s. So we know that the Earth, the Bible prophesizes the Earth will really flip upside down. So I can't imagine, you know, what the Earth is feeling and the, of course, animals are all feeling all these things too. But I thought that was really interesting. Can we start actually with that question, you know, about what exactly it is, this magnetic North Pole? And there was a lot of articles this time last year uh, alarming us that it was moving more rapidly and changing direction. NASA says the North Pole is actually moving. <laughs> That's right. Scientists say the Earth's magnetic North Pole is shifting. Uh, that the movement is generated by the Earth's core, which is thousands of kilometers under our feet. But, you know, what impacts it? What, what do you see as the reason for this, uh, this movement and switch in direction? Uh, so, yes, it has moved um, since about 1860. It's moved about 2,500 kilometers. Um, but, in fact, the thing that's been quite interesting is that since the 1990s, it's really sped up very much, as you alluded to. So... Um... The other thing I've been thinking a lot about is the two worlds that are going on right now. So it really is as in the days of Noah. Like I've been really cognitive that we're in the end time since 2017 where the revelation sign appeared of the, the woman clothed with the sun with the moon at her feet and the 12 stars over her. Um, so I've been in uh, preparing and watching and waiting for the Lord and it's just so... Uh, it's so, so interesting to me how the world is going on. Literally, there's two worlds going on. There's the one, there's us who are waiting and watching and we're knowing that we're so close to the end. And then there's people just doing business and making their 10-year plan and making their five-year plan and they're marrying and getting married and as in the days of Noah. And I was thinking that would be how it was when Jesus was here. Like, he was saying, I'm going to destroy the temple and I'm going to rise it in three days. And he was saying, my kingdom is not of this earth. And his disciples were listening and trying to tune in. But most everybody else, even though Jesus, the God of the whole universe, was right in their midst, they were just eating and drinking and getting married and buying land and doing whatever they were doing. And that's how it is now. And it's so bizarre to me how very few people know that we're really that close to the end. So at the end of this video, I'm going to insert my video about Daniel's sign because I always refer people to go look it up, uh, but I decided I'll just put it in the video. So if you want to stay till the end, you can watch the whole video on Daniel's sign, the simple explanation of why we think we are in the last seven years. Uh, which started 2017. So please stay tuned for that. I think you'll really get a lot out of it. Now, um, we're coming on the Feast of Shavuot. So that is also the day of Pentecost. So Pentecost and Shavuot are both called the Feast of Weeks or the Festival of Weeks. But what's so cool about Shavuot is it's the, the festival of the first fruits. And so so Shavuot goes all the way back to the Jews being delivered from Egypt. So um, according to the Torah, it took seven weeks for the Israelites to travel from Egypt to Mount Sinai. The name Shavuot, meaning weeks, refers to the seven-week period. So now we know the Passover, you know, they celebrate, was when the God was judging Egypt. 
and the Israelites had to put the blood of the lamb over their door, right? So then seven weeks from there, they actually got to their temple, I mean, to the mount where they were going to worship, the mountain of God, right? So the cool thing is, is it um, Pentecost, so came later, but Jesus uh, was the Passover lamb. So they were celebrating Passover, right? And then they were going to celebrate the Feast of Shavuot to, to commemorate coming out of Egypt. Um, so Pentecost and Shavuot are both seven weeks from the Passover. So they're both seven weeks from the Passover. So when Jesus died as the Passover lamb, seven weeks later from Passover, the Feast of Shavuot was taking place, which now we know is also called Pentecost, which was the first day of the church, the first day of the first fruits of the church. The reason I wanted to bring it up as well right now is because um, we are being uh, like exodus, we're exodusing, we're exodusing, <laughs> we're, uh, we're leaving the ultimate Egypt. We are being led out of the ultimate Egypt at this time. As the beast system rises, the beast system gets worse and more powerful that God gives to it for this time. We're being delivered from the beast system. We are being separated and it's awesome time. And I did want to bring up uh, about Prince Charles' coronation. Uh, so he pretty much is one of the horns uh, because the horns, the ten horns have crowns. And the seven heads we know already are the world systems. The seven heads are the seven mountains. You can watch my video on that. Those are the world systems that have been in place, the seven heads. The ten horns have each have a crown, and they are probably represented with people. And we already have, think we know the little horn, that kind of thing. But I just wanted to bring that up. It's interesting now that because he was definitely embracing the false prophet, of world religions at his coronation. So he's pretty much one of those horns. Now those horns and those heads only come together one hour. They only come together in that completion for one hour. So uh, I don't know exactly what that means, but the Bible's pretty clear on that. So anyway, uh, here's more on Shavuot. And so Jesus already fulfilled this. I have a really good video on it if you wanna watch. Um, Jesus already fulfilled the feast of the first fruits, which was also Pentecost, and it was the first day of the church. So I just want to bring it up because it's coming up on May 25th, and it's a really beautiful time. So the night before the feast of Shavuot, um, devout Jews, uh, they stay up all night with the word. They stay up all night uh, studying the Torah. So, and it's so intimate, their study on the night before the Shavuot, that it's called the Simcha Torah. So it's called the um, dancing with the word. So Simcha means to rejoice or dance or, you know, I like to think of an intimate rejoicing dance with the Lord. So Simcha Torah, and I have a really beautiful song also. It's going to be at the end of the video if you'd like to hear it. I wrote it and sang it. Um, it's called the Simcha Torah. So the disciples uh, were, you know, Jesus had left, right? He had ascended. They were all afraid and everything. And they were 
practicing what Jews do the night before the Feast of Shavuot, which was now called Pentecost, um, and they were dancing with the word. They were in the in the in that whole night thing, probably in the upper room. They were with the Torah all night. And so what's so cool about this is that that's when the tongues of fire came. That's when the tongues of fire came. And the fire, it said, was dancing on their heads. Like the tongues of fire were dancing as they were dancing with the Torah, the real word of God, the real word of the Lord who is the Lord. Like he is the word and the word was God and the word came and dwelt with us. Like the word of God was literally like dancing and fire of tongues on their head and then they were filled with the tongues of the Holy Spirit and what is so amazing about this is that the next day then that's when Peter got up on the steps of the temple and he spoke in tongues and people heard in 27 different dialects and uh, or all these dialects that uh, now, I've actually spoken tongues, and people have heard in their own language. It's been really cool that I have that gift, but I can't even imagine how that felt. And when Peter got up and spoke in tongues, and people heard, then 3,000 were gathered to him. 3,000 were gathered to him, to the Lord. And that means probably men, so it was probably women and children were a lot more than that. So that was the fulfillment of the first fruits of the church which is so, so cool. So just be thinking about that as you celebrate Shavuot, that it is the festival of the first fruits, and those that has been fulfilled by Jesus, just as same as Passover has been fulfilled by Jesus, that feast has been fulfilled. So the feast we're waiting for is the Feast of Sukkot, and that will be in the fall, and that is the harvest. That is the harvest of the Lord, the last harvest. So when you watch this video on Daniel, there's a very uh, there's a very beautiful truth in this very simple video about the harvest and it's so cool that I even I did the video someone else wrote the the stuff but I even missed it the first time I did the video and what's so cool about it is that Jesus when he came he died and then you know he tore open that veil and we were able to have that communion with him and that was the watering of the, the, the plants, the seeds. That was his pouring out his water, his water of life and his blood. And the water, you know, when he got up and said this day, you know, this has been fulfilled, the water of the um, salvation, the well of salvation. That was when he got up in the temple and talked about the Feast of Sukkot, which is all about water. And, um, but what's I, what I was thinking about it was that the, uh, watering was beginning and the harvest wasn't happening for 2,000 years. Like he is now completing that harvest. He is now actively completing that harvest. I just think that's so cool. So just uh, really be thinking about that during the Feast of Shavuot. Uh, just uh, tune into the video and listen to the song. I hope it blesses you. You know, I think another reason we're supposed to hide in the chambers is because Things are getting so evil. They're so evil. You know, it's just so evil. I can hardly bear to listen to the news or anything else. And there's been a, such a step up of satanic stuff, such a step up of um, 
you know, blasphemy and um, blatant evil, um, the persecution, you know, of the church is alive and going out all over. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And also remember the word from my last video that the last year of the seven will be different from the six. So what does that mean? I don't know. I'm still, the Lord is showing us. He's showing each of us. And I had some different thoughts on that. Um, as the persecution is worse, as the environmental things get worse because of the end times, and as uh, the famine and the sword and all the prophetic things that are happening, um, is there also some kind of rest? I mean, this is such a cool concept, and I did talk about it in one of my videos. Um, God does things in patterns, and when he created the earth, he created it in six days, and then he rested. And he also created us, we have 6,000 years that we are completed, and then we go into that seven, that, that seventh thousand year, which is the millennium, we're supposed to rest, right? So this is a crazy concept, but I am just going to throw it out because I was thinking about it. What if, okay, so we're in this seven year, we had three and a half years of him restoring a covenant with many. The Lord was restoring that. You can look up some videos on that if you'd like. And then we have this three and a half years of tribulation started in 2021 around Passover, we believe. So the last year would be starting around the fall, the Feast of Sukkot, and then going to that a following year of 2024 and of course the Lord can come whenever he wants and we don't know the day or hour but we are kind of know from his week of Daniel what the timing kind of is so he's not leaving us in the dark here which is really cool um but the what I was thinking of is what if that last year okay if it's so different from the six is it gonna just be like totally apocalyptic and World War Three and Christians getting beheaded and all that crazy stuff happening that Revelation talks about. And is it going to be that at the same time that there's a rest, like we have some kind of a rest in, or is God resting or, you know, it says enter into his rest. And is it, a, is there a Shabbat that will happen at the seventh year as well? Is there come some kind of Shabbat, some kind of supernatural rest does God go on strike and now he's just letting things go and but we get rest maybe we get rest I mean maybe do we even get rest as we're being persecuted like Stephen when he looked up and he could see the angels of God ascending descending like that's just a crazy concept but I really want you to think about it and let's pray about it you know I I feel uh you know excited that I've prepared as much as I can. I'm watching as much as I can and I've been praying to be counted worthy. And it's not because I'm getting raptured out of here. It's because, you know, hopefully God will hide some of us that we're watching during this time. But whatever happens, is there also a time of rest? Does it mean there's a resting? Because this chaos of this suffering of this life is almost over like is there something so profound in this last seven years and like I said before you know to your to pre-tribulation rapture people who watched the um left behind series uh, if God wants us here during the tribulation don't you want that like don't you really want that don't you want that 
Is there something he wants to show us? Is there such profound things? Or did he just need us to be with him? Does he want us to be with him while he's having to destroy the wicked and, and his earth is going crazy and reeling and rocking and animals are dying? Like, you know, just, we just really, really want to share in his heart because that's what it all is about, is being intimate with him. And it's going to be so clear that people did not know him and it's all about knowing him. So enjoy the video on Danielle. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and bless the Lord, oh, our soul, as we simka Torah and we dance with the word and we dance with Jesus until he comes. All right. God bless you all. Hi, this is about Daniel 9, uh, verses 24 through 27. It's about the 70 weeks are determined upon your city. And this is a very simple breakdown. I'm just going to do it word for word. Um, this is written by Minor Perkins and illustrated by L. Perkins. Um, Minor wrote this book, um, Calculating the Last Seven. So, so this is a free download, and you can go on the link below and just download it. It made so much sense to me. I was like, what? So all these believers over all this time is trying to crack this code, this 70 weeks of Daniel code. And this timeline makes so much sense to me. Um so I just want you to stay tuned and go through it with me, and I'll just hand it over to this cartoon. Okay, so this is called Daniel's Sign. In the first year of King Darius, way back in ancient times, in a country called Babylon, there lived a man by the name of Daniel who loved God. Daniel loved God so much that even when he was thrown into the lion's den, he did not stop loving God. One day, God gave Daniel a vision. A vision is when God puts a very clear picture of something in front of your eyes, like a movie screen or a computer screen image. Daniel did not write down the vision that he saw, but he did write down very carefully the exact words that the messenger angel spoke to him. And since the messenger spoke in Hebrew, this is what Daniel wrote. This is Daniel 9, 24 through 27 in Hebrew. This is copied from the oldest complete copy of the Old Testament in Hebrew in Leningrad Codex from the year 1008. <clears throat> what does it mean in English? So this is a literal translation uh, by Minor Perkins from the Hebrew. Seventy sevens are cut out upon your people and upon your set-apart city to restrain rebellion and to seal sin and to cover perversion and to bring eternal righteousness and to seal vision and profit and to anoint the set-apart of set-aparts. And know and understand from the going forth of the word to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah Prince are seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. Again, and are built street, trench, bossed wall, but in distressing of times. And after the sixty-two sevens, 
Messiah is cut off and has nothing for himself. And the city and the set-apart place are destroyed by the people of the prince who comes. And the end is in a flood. And until the end, war is decided, desolations, and he strengthens the covenant for many one week. And in the middle of the week, he brings to rest sacrifice and offering. And upon the wing of disgusting idols desolating, and upon complete destruction, and what is decided is poured out upon the desolate. So that is a literal Hebrew study of Daniel 9, 24 through 27. <clears throat> Have you ever heard of how spies use secret codes? Did you know God also uses secret codes sometimes? God and Daniel often spoke in secret code, and now God was giving Daniel a secret code, telling him when Messiah will come. When God created the universe and the earth, he also created time and several ways to count time. He created the earth orbiting the sun as one hand of his giant clock to count years, and he created the moon orbiting the earth as another hand of his giant clock to count months. And he created the earth to spin in his giant clock to count days. But what are the sevens? What kind of counting is this? What kind of time counting is this? How do we know when this verse has been fulfilled? How will we know when Messiah comes? Can you crack the code and see what God is saying to Daniel? Daniel 22 tells us he reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him universe and the earth he also created the first week he counted seven days and then he decided it was a good time to start counting again from the beginning and counted a new seven days we've been counting days and weeks like this ever since but what if God counts other things in groups of sevens too maybe God counts in sevens like we count in dozens one dozen is twelve one seven is seven. Now let's look at the sevens that are in their time code that God gave to Daniel. There is one seven. There are seven sevens. And there are 62 sevens. And there are seven sevens plus 62 sevens. So those are the 62 sevens lumped with the seven sevens, which makes 69 sevens. And there are 70 sevens. So there's the 69 sevens plus the last seven. That makes the 70 sevens. Those are described in Daniel, which we just read. So if God counts in sevens, like we count in dozens, and sevens can count days, weeks, months, or years, you can have sevens of days, sevens of weeks, sevens of months, sevens of years, and you could have 77s of days, 77s of weeks, 77s of months, and 77s of years. 70 dozens is the same as multiplying 70 times 12, which equals 840. 
77's is the same as multiplying 70 times 7, which equals 490. This means that 77's of days is 490 days, 77's of weeks is 490 weeks, 77's of months is 490 months, and 77's of years is 490 years. So in the time code God gave Daniel, the 77's can be a total of 490 days or weeks or 490 months or 490 years. Now that we know what sevens are, let's look at the time code God gave again. Seventy-sevens are cut out upon your people and upon your set-apart city. So God cut those seventy-sevens out at the time from the beginning to the end. To restrain rebellion, to seal sin, to cover perversion, which is a fancy word for when we do things that hurt God. To bring eternal righteousness and to seal vision and profit. And to anoint the set-apart of set-aparts. And know and understand from the going forth of the word to restore and to build Jerusalem. Go rebuild Jerusalem. Until Messiah Prince are seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. This is like saying from the going forth of the word to build a wall of blocks, go build that wall. Until dinner time or seven hours. Again in our built, street and trench, bossed wall, but in distressing of times. So we know that Jerusalem's never been peaceful. Um, it's a little cute drawing showing that. And after 62 sevens, Messiah is cut off and has nothing for himself. And the city and the set-apart place are destroyed by the people of the prince who comes. That's Jerusalem. And the end is in a flood. And until the end, war is decided. Desolations. And he strengthens the covenant for many one week. A covenant is a promise or agreement. So this has been just going through the verse by verse with little illustrations just to give you an idea of what Daniel might have been talking about. And in the middle of the week, he brings to rest sacrifice and offering. The Lord brings to rest sacrifice and offering. There's also a layering of the seven with the seven... Um, last week of Jesus' life, the week of the crucifixion, but I'll talk about that in another time. And upon the wing of disgusting idols desolating. So we don't really know what that means. Um, not going into that here. Until complete destruction and what is decided is poured out upon the desolate. Daniel's time code mentions a word 
going forth to rebuild Jerusalem. Has this ever happened? Yes. In 458 BC, 63 years after God gave Daniel this time code, King uh, Artaxerxes ordered and sent forth the word that Jerusalem was to be rebuilt. And that was in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah when they were building the walls of Jerusalem. So what happened seven sevens and 62 sevens after this date? Yeshua, the Messiah, came and was cut off and had nothing for himself and spiritually brought to rest the sacrifice and offering. But the physical sacrifice and offering was not brought to rest at this time. Nine weeks from Daniel's prophecy, from the building of the walls of Jerusalem, Messiah came. Now, I think a lot of people know this, and then we've all been waiting for the last seven, this huge gap from that point. But I think the next part is what's so significant to me, and I think it's a real cracking of this code. So stay tuned, because our Messiah came once, and he's going to come again. So it would make sense that the 69 sevens wouldn't happen just once. After 40 years, the Messiah was cut off, the city of Jerusalem and the set-apart place Herod's temple were destroyed, and sacrifice and offering were physically brought to rest. Yeshua came and fulfilled many, many prophecies that God had given to his people. But then Yeshua did something totally shocking. He said he was going to leave and be gone for a little while, but he promised he would come back and finish fulfilling all of the prophecies God had given his people. And he promised there would be a big wedding and that everyone who loved him would be invited. So since Yeshua did not finish all that he was planning to do the first time he came, maybe there is a part of this time code that shows us his plans for when he returns as well. But has anyone besides King Artaxerxes ever ordered that Jerusalem be rebuilt? And this is the cracking of the code that I think is so cool. Yes, sometime between the years 1534 and 1535, King Suleiman sent forth the word for Jerusalem to be restored and rebuilt. Go build the walls of Jerusalem. And the walls he built around Jerusalem are standing to this day. And even more incredibly, 62 sevens, 434 years later, in the year 1968, the new Israeli government ordered that Jerusalem be restored and built even more. Let's rebuild Jerusalem. The government of Israel decrees. So we had seven sevens before, after the first building of Jerusalem, and then we had the 62 sevens. Now we have the 62 sevens, after King Solomon says rebuild Jerusalem. And that leads us to the year 1968. So we know in the Six Day War that the Jews took back Jerusalem. And I've said in 
my videos about Luke 21 where that signified the time of the Gentiles has been fulfilled. So I find it really interesting that 1968, when the government ordered Jerusalem be restored and rebuilt, even more, that that would be the start of then the second seven sevens. So even more incredibly, seven sevens, 49 years later, in the year 2017, the new American administration announced they were officially moving their embassy to Jerusalem, and the two world powers, Russia and America, officially recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. So we have 62 sevens, and now to where they have Jerusalem, and now seven sevens, 2017. Which, if you watch my 2017 video, you will find out all the prophetic signs of fulfillment in 2017. Not only that it was 69 sevens from the rebuilding of the temple by Solomon. I mean, you can't deny these numbers. You just can't deny these numbers, guys. But there's still one more seven left in the time code to reach 77s. What will happen in the one seven, seven years after 2017. If the time code God gave Daniel reveals not only when Yeshua would come first, but also when he will be coming again, maybe something very amazing will happen one seven, seven years after 2017 at the completion of 77s since King Solomon first ordered Jerusalem to be rebuilt. So you can see by this timeline, again, how important 2017 is. And are we in the last seven? I really believe we are. And at the end of that seven, the real temple is with us. Jesus, the temple will be with us. So extra, extra, read all about it, an illustration of the time code. So this was just a little analogy um, parable that I think is really cool. And um, so one day God decides that he's going to grow a garden, and he wants to tell you how he's going to do it. But he really loves giving you time codes to solve. So when he tells you about his plans, he says, I'm going to set aside 70 days to plant my garden and to harvest my garden. It sounds like he's planning to grow and harvest a garden in 70 days, doesn't it? And so you're sure you've solved the time code. Like I said, a lot of people believe that those 69 sevens happened before Messiah came. But a lot of people don't understand the next part. The next day you watch him and begin his garden, he plants and he plants and he plants, and suddenly you realize 69 days have flown by. But all that he has done is plant his garden. Now he only has one day left to harvest his garden before 70 days are finished. The next morning you rush to the window, sure you will find him finishing all of his plans and doing a great big harvest, but no, he's still planting. So now you're curious and you watch carefully what he does next. The next day he begins to water his seeds and he waters and waters and waters. So many days have gone by now that you have lost count when you suddenly see the seeds have grown into great, big, huge plants. And one day you look over and see that he has begun to harvest. 
You mark the day on your calendar, thinking it must be a clue to understanding the time code he's giving you. And he harvests and harvests and harvests until he's filled his whole house with wonderful food. Then he puts away his tools, closes the shed, and he has stopped harvesting. You look at your calendar and it's the 70th day since he first began to harvest. Suddenly it all makes sense. You have cracked the time code. So this little parable was is about um, when he said, I'm going to set aside 70 days to plant and to harvest. He was saying, I'm going to set aside 70 days to plant and 70 days to harvest. So um, I just think that's really, really a good way to think about it. So it's, an, it's a mystery of his first coming and second coming. And he would put the mystery of the 70 weeks of Daniel into the first coming and into the second coming. Um, he added in the extra mystery of the unknown time he had set aside to water his garden in between the 70 days of planting and 70 days of harvesting. So God's time code, a summary of the different parts of Daniel 9 as they happened in history. But instead of a time code for planting a garden, God gave Daniel a time code for the coming of the Messiah and the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of sin and evil. And instead of setting aside 70 days, God set aside 70 sevens, as well as seven sevens and 62 sevens. And after 62 weeks and one week and in the middle of the week, now let's look at how these are fulfilled in history in several ways. So if you want to look at uh, Miner's book, Calculating the Last Seven, it's he talks about the layering of sevens, like the Lord is fulfilled um, his timeline in seven, 77s, several different times. Um, this week, 70 weeks being the significant one to count to the end. Um, but there were also the timeline of Jesus being here um, and his ministry and then the week of his crucifixion being a significant seven. So now we understand from the going forth of the word to restore and to build Jerusalem until Messiah prints are seven sevens and sixty-two sevens, and again are built street, trench, basketball, but in distressing of time. So we just went through this. The first command to build the temple by Xerxes, Artaxerxes in 458. There were seven years and sixty-two sevens of years when Jesus came. So that's amazing. And after 62 sevens, Messiah is cut off and has nothing for himself. And he strengthens a covenant for many one week. And in the middle of the week, he brings to rest sacrifices and offerings. So well, we're going back to uh, the second set of 69 weeks leading to the 70th week when signifying the Lord's return. So the end is in a flood, and until the end, war is decided in desolations, and he strengthens a covenant for many one week. That was in 2017. He began to strengthen his covenant with many for one week, and I really felt it, and that's why this makes so much sense to me. Because when the 2017 um, Revelation 20. 12 sign happened, I could just feel the Lord strengthening his covenant with me. I mean, I could just feel it, and I felt more and more strengthened 
I was asking minor, you know, how come other people aren't teaching this? And I guess there were a bunch of people, maybe about 10, who are scholars and decided all as well. They tracked the, the 69 weeks from Solomon's command to rebuild Jerusalem. And they um, also came on the year 2017. But they thought that the rapture was going to happen. And because they believed the pre-tribulation rapture lie. So that lie has deceived many and is still deceiving many. So because they believed that and they didn't get raptured in 2017, they thought the last seven years hadn't started. But it did start. It started quietly, but not that quietly. I mean, the Revelation 12 sign. Like, hello? I, I was totally listening. I was totally paying attention to that. You can't make that stuff up. So there is also um, another person um, who believes this timeline, and I'll put a link to him. His name's Brother Cliff. And then there is another brother who believes that the last seven is starting 2019, just by the way he calculated um, starting, I think, when uh, Solomon's uh, temple had or not his temple, but the walls of Jerusalem um, have begun. I don't know all that, but I'll put his link in here because I think it's interesting. So are we in the last seven? I mean, no man knows the day or hour, but why would the Lord give Daniel that time code uh, without a way to understand it? Um, and this, to me, makes a lot of sense. Here's the Simcha Torah video. Sorry about the sound quality. It's not as good as I'd like. It's kind of echoey. But I hope you enjoy it.
I hope you'll um, look up links and download. All right. Um, take care and tune in to my videos. Thank you for subscribing.